What do I need for editing photos? This is what you need and no more. Really? Hi and welcome to episode 125 of the Photography Explained podcast. I'm your host Rick and in each episode I will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain English in less than 10 minutes-ish without the irrelevant details. What I tell you is based on my lifetime of photographic experience and not Google. Nope, no Google required for this one. Sorry Google. Want me to answer your photography question? Get your thinking caps on. More on this at the end. Here is the answer bit. To edit photos, you need a computer to put the photos on, or a mobile device, of course, a monitor to look at the photos with, something to make sure that the colours you are looking at are correct, the right place to edit your photos, software to edit the photos with, and somewhere to back stuff up to. And you also need to know how to use the software and know what you want to get out of your editing. Yeah, I've added a bit more to this one to get you thinking. It got me thinking as well, I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, that is the answer. Well, that's my answer anyway. I'll go through these quickly here and I will expand on some of them in upcoming episodes. Last episode, I failed to get done in 10 minutes, so I'm going to try again here. I just need to stick to the script and I should be fine. That episode, by the way, was titled Photo Editing for Beginners. Where do I start? Nine things to help you. And that was the reason for this episode. So if you missed it, check it out on the Photography Explained podcast website or on any podcast player. Okay, first thing, a computer to put the photos on or a mobile device, of course. Well, this makes sense, doesn't it? You've got to put your photos somewhere. Now, the old school way, pre-mobile phones, that is, which was not that long ago, I'm not that old was to put your photos on a computer. I'm using the generic term computer here to include Mac, PC, well, anything that's a computer, really. You know what I mean. And this is what I do. Obviously, in this day and age, there's all sorts of other devices out there. And with the cloud, you can pretty much eliminate the need for a PC if you want to. And that's the way the world's going for sure. So I don't know how long we'll have PCs for. But there are some physical constraints that we need to remember, which I will come on to in a bit. And I'm talking human constraints here. So a monitor to look at the photos with. Yeah, well, you need something to look at your photos on. And a nice monitor makes photo editing so much better. Sure, you can edit photos on a mobile device, but in my opinion, it is not the same. I use a large monitor sat on an old school desk. Yeah, I might be stuck in the past, but I have a large monitor so I can see what I need to see comfortably. And this is what most photographers do as well. Nothing unusual in this, even in this modern day and age of micro everything. Next thing, something to make sure that the colours you are looking at are correct. Now on a PC monitor, you probably need something to calibrate the monitor to ensure that the colours are correct. I use a PC and I have a device that I use to do this very thing. Now on a Mac, it's my understanding that you don't need to calibrate an Apple monitor. Well, not to the same degree that you can with a PC monitor. Now, I have to be honest here and say that's what I found out from a very, very quick Google. So I'll take back what I said earlier about not needing your Google. I needed you, of course I did. If you're viewing a Mac on an external monitor, though, you'll have to do this calibration all the same as with a PC. And that leads me on to an iPad. Well, I've had an iPad Pro for over five years now, and only while writing this have I even thought about calibrating the monitor. Same goes to my iPhone, I've never calibrated them, and I don't know if that's right or wrong. But like I say, I'm pretty sure, Apple, you don't need to do anything. If I'm wrong, let me know. I'm more of a PC chap. Computer monitors, though, you definitely need to sort. As for everything else, just check. Now, why is this important? 
Well, the reason you need to do this is because monitors are all slightly different and display colours in different ways. Now, do I need to do a separate episode on this? Well, I probably do, so I've added it to the list, but it's a good way down at the bottom. And to give you a great analogy, if you go into a TV shop, yes, you can still get TVs in things called shops, and you look at the different TV screens, they will all be slightly different. A lot less than they used to be, I have to say, but still slightly different. And if you go into a shop that sells computers, and yes, you can still buy computers in shops, you'll see the same thing. They won't all look identical. They won't all have the same colours. They'll all be slightly different. And the Macs are probably all the same. Clever Apple. So it's important that the colours you're looking at are correct. Editing is a visual thing. The right place to edit your photos. If you're going to get into editing photos, you will need somewhere to do this comfortably. You will need a decent monitor. Not just a laptop screen, you'll need a decent monitor at the correct height. See, we're creating a generation of people who think that sitting down on the sofa looking down at the laptop monitor is the norm. And home working and all that's happened recently has just compounded that. No, you need somewhere to be able to sit properly with a monitor in front of you at the correct height, if at all possible, that is. If you're going to spend a lot of time editing photos, you need to get a place sorted where you can sit comfortably and work. The sofa is not a good long-term option, neither is lying on your bed staring at your screen. And also, the light in the room can have an influence, so turn the lights off when you're editing photos. In fact, turn the lights off and then calibrate your monitor. There you go. Top tip. More on this in a bit. Software to edit the photos with. Well, of course you need software. I mean, I'll talk about this in the next episode, actually. It's <laughs> it's a big subject and one I don't have... It's Well, as I've written here, this is a rabbit hole I do not have time to dive into on this episode. And somewhere to back stuff up to. Now, when you start off, it's not that important, but when you get into it properly, it gets more and more important. I've got over 80,000 photos on a single external hard drive and a single Lightroom catalogue. If that hard drive fails, I lose everything. And that is why I've got backups. I've got a physical hard drive stored off-site, and I've also got a cloud backup which is constantly updating. So get a cloud backup first, and then you've got something in the background that's constantly updating. The rule of thumb is you have all your data in three completely separate places. That's your bomb-proof backup strategy. More on that one in a future episode, I've got no doubt. In fact, I might have already covered that one. Shall I have a look? No, no, you can check on the Photography Explained podcast website, which is photographyexplainedpodcast.com. Just imagine losing all your photos and all the work you've done to them as well. It's not just the photos, it's all the time and effort and love and care and attention you've spent processing photos. Doesn't bear thinking about, does it? And you also need to know how to use the software. What's the other one? Know what you want to get out of your editing. Yeah, so know the software. It's no good having some fancy, fangled software if you don't know how to use it. And I'm telling you this from bitter experience and more on this in possibly the next episode where I talk about software. I have a very valuable lesson which I need to teach you all. So yeah, know what you want to get out of your editing. This is a final thought. You've got a load of photos and you sat there looking at them. What do you do? Where do you start? Well. It's a great question, which I will definitely cover in a future episode. The talky bit. Well, one of the things I wanted to go on about here is the problem with mobile devices. They're small, and people typically have them on the laps or on a table lower than them. I mean, laptops are are more common than PCs these days. So what's the problem with all this? The problem is you. Yes, you are the problem. 
Now, here in the UK, we we have these things called workplace assessments, and that's where the desks in the workplace are assessed to make sure that the screen is at the right height and good stuff like that. Monitors at the correct height. I think it's um, top of the monitor level with the eye. Hand position's correct, your back position, your seating position. It's all important. It's called ergonomics, workplace assessment. And I never thought I'd be talking about workplace assessments on my podcast, but it's important. We didn't go down all these hoops of legislation for no reason. There's things called, um, I'm hardly been here by the way, repetitive strain injury, which got upgraded to a more or less user-friendly title, uh, work-related upper limb disorder, where people have been sat hour after hour, day after day, week after week, year after year, in poor positions, and it's caused physical problems. So this is important. So it's important to make sure that we're sat in the correct position when at work. Bad positions and bad posture over time causes physical problems. And I've got a big worry, you know. I worry that we're developing a gender of people for whom the norm is staring at a small screen on a mobile device, laptop, iPad, whatever, rather than being sat at a proper desk. Now, it's not their fault. That's just how, how life has evolved. I mean, when I started off, well, when I started working, we didn't have computers. Can you believe that? A world without computers. And yes, I am that old. I mean, let alone a world without mobile phones, but no computers. Just imagine that. And I used to sit at a desk and I had a pen and paper and I used to write things and somebody would type them up for me on a typewriter. I sound old now, don't I? Sorry, getting back on track. <laughs> I mean, sure, I fiddle around with photos on my iPad when I'm lying on the sofa or whatever, but I don't do commercial work on my iPad. If I'm spending time in front of a computer, I want a chair and a desk. I want a proper chair, proper desk, correct height and all that. Now, I know we're all fortunate enough to have such stuff at home, but this is something to think about, something you need to bear in mind for the future. So if you're going to spend any amount of time editing photos, you need a properly set up place to do this. Yes, this is important. Treat editing photos the same way that you would do work, because one day they might be one and the same, you never know. And if they do, all the stuff that you need is tax deductible, right? Okay, getting back to the episode. So you need a proper setup to edit photos in. I think you've got that by now. So if you're planning on taking this seriously, please think on. Right, workplace assessment lecture over. Now, you'll, you'll notice I've mentioned future episodes rather a lot. Well, I want to break this down, and I can't cover such a massive subject like editing photos in one episode of 10 minutes. So I am going to pick out the questions that I think will most help you. Well, what do I do? Well, all my photos are stored on an external hard drive connected to my PC. I have a lovely, large, calibrated monitor. I use Lightroom, Luminar and Photoshop and nothing else. And I'm going to cover this in an upcoming episode as well. But that's what I do. I do everything I can in Lightroom and use Luminar to change the skies and Photoshop to remove stuff. And I use an i1 Match 3 to calibrate my monitor. No, I'm not being paid to say this. I wish maybe next year. I'm not being paid to say this at the time of this recording. Okay. And that's it. That's all I have. The last word, well, get the basics I've told you about and you're good to go. I mean, sure, there's lots of other stuff that you can get, but this is all you need and this is all I have. Next episode, well, well, I started a new thing here, which I don't want to... (laughs) I've written here in my script, well, I have started a new thing here, which I do not want to continue. No, I haven't. Next episode, well, I've started a new thing here, which I do want to continue. So, in Photography Explained podcast episode 126, What photo editing software is best for beginners? 
Now, that's going to be an interesting one because I'm going to have to come up with some alternative... Easy for me to say. Because <laughs> I'm going to have to come up with an alternative to Lightroom, aren't I? Hmm. Do you want me to answer your questions? Well, do you? And you're not limited to one question. Not with me. Not on my podcast. Oh, no. My podcast has been created to answer your photography questions and not mine. So please get in touch with your question. And when I answer it, I will give you a number of shout outs in that episode, which will exist forever in podcast land. Yep, you see, I've updated that that sentence now. Just head over to photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start, where you can also find out more about my podcast and do stuff to help me. Well, this episode, <laughs> this episode was powered by a, another cheese sandwich. This this time, uh, a cheese sandwich with some some posh um, plowman's pickly type stuff from a farm shop in Dorset, which was actually quite nice. And again, accompanied by a bag of roast chicken crisps. Now, if you're wondering why roast chicken crisps, I've run out of salt and vinegar, okay? Or washed down with a lovely cold diet Pepsi before I... Oh! (laughs) I got my script wrong again. Or washed down with a lovely cold diet Pepsi before I settled down to record this episode. I'm going to do this again. I'm going to do this again. Yes, I'm I'm recording this on a video for some reason. This episode was brought to you by, um, well... (laughs) Yes, another cheese sandwich, this time with some fancy, not Branston pickle, I just fancied a change, so I got some pickle from a farm shop, which was rather nice, accompanied by a bag of roast chicken crisps, washed down with a lovely cold diet Pepsi, all consumed before I settled down to record this episode in my homemade, newly improved, soundproofed recording emporium. Soundproofed recording emporium. Sometimes I wish I could speak properly, you know. Yeah, I know, more cheese. But at least I got some different pickle this time. Okay, enough food waffling. I'm done. I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again very much for listening to my small but perfectly formed podcast. It says here. And for giving me 10-ish minutes of your valuable time. Looking more like about 14, 15, depending on how much rubbish I have to edit out. I look forward to hearing from you, and I look forward very much to answering your questions in future episodes. Take care, stay safe. Cheers from me, Rick. My brand new course, How to Become a Real Estate Photographer, Straight Talking Advice for Beginners to Get You Making Money Quickly and Build a Career, is available to buy now. Find out more at rickmacavoyphotography.com forward slash courses.